Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? You guys are in for a treat today. This is The Stars Have Aligned. On this recording is myself, unfortunately. Still me here. Apologize. (laughs) We're working on that. But here is Shoshana Jordan is finally gracing us with her presence and her voice. Say hello. Hello. I know I said- What's up, church? Oh, that's good. That's good. Look at you. It's in the family. It runs in the genes. Um, her amazing son, Clay, is here. Clay, hello. What's up, church? <laughs> <laughs> ah, and author, evangelist, father-in-law, George Elias is making another return. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. What's up, church? Uh, see? You guys are getting it. This is really good, like a family affair, but everyone's getting this. Um, this is crazy that everyone is doing this podcast. This is like unbelievable. Who would have thought a year ago this idea would turn into something like this? But the reason we're all here today is recently I had a podcast about do miracles even matter? And it wasn't about a lack of miracle. It was about miracles without faith involved or miracles without the gospel, how they just become events that people can just kind of dismiss. If like, you know, if something crazy happens and there's no faith attached to it, there's no spirit attached to it. People just call it a a weird coincidence or just something, uh, you know, in that weird and that was, I was talking about that. I was specifically talking about the whole Lazarus and the rich man and Lazarus story. Um, and just kind of how I, my thoughts on that. But amazingly, since recording that podcast, um, my wife and Clay and George had an experience. And I think it's amazing. And they also agreed that we should share this and kind of give you guys an experience of what a real life miracle looks like. So I'm going to kind of take the seat back and I'm going to let show you want to start leading the story in this one and kind of tell everyone what you, what you're talking about. So Daniel and I were going on a vacation. We just got back last night and, uh, I was driving out to San Diego to pick up my dad and clay. I was not in that part. Nope. He doesn't like driving 18 hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm weird. I'm weird. I don't like driving Actually, 18 hours 36 hours because we drove out and then picked him up and drove back. Yes. But anyway, so we driving, we were driving back all excited in this, you know, car ride and forgot about the stories with Josiah and the side, side stories, but we can go to that later in another podcast. But we stopped in Yuma because that's the, the first place you want to stop in Arizona after crossing state lines so you can get cheaper gas. So we stopped in Arizona and my dad and Clay are the ones who love eating food on the stops. So I'm usually a one who want to push through and they're like, hey, let's grab some bite to eat so we can be have sustenance on our way. So and I so- prefer the Clay and George technique versus the drive and starve technique, but it's I'd okay. Ra- I'd rather pack my own healthy food and get to where I'm going quickly and then rather than like extend the trip by making 20 pit stops. <laughs> there's, there's value to both sides. <laughs> I see both sides of the argument. Go ahead. So... Where do you stop in Yuma that everybody likes? In and out. <laughs> I feel like that's always the stop with you guys. It's like, is there an in and out there? Let's just get in and out. Yeah. 
which is always delicious. In and out. Um, so we stopped in In and Out, and um, it was very crowded, of course. In and Out lines always long. Well, I, we parked and started walking inside. I, I was going to go to Ross down the down the street because looking for these shoes for Daniel for like I stopped at five different Rosses while I was in San Diego to find these shoes for him, and I wanted to check this one as well. So I told them I was gonna I wasn't gonna eat because I was doing a juice fast at the time. She likes to push through it, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't stop for food, but guys, I'm stopping for food. Also, I'm gonna hit these five stores real quick. Anyway, guys, hurry up. I got some shopping to do. Priorities. <laughs> so I was having my juice and they were going to go in and get in and out, but I wanted to walk in with them. So as my dad walked in first and then Clay was holding the door open for me, but he saw a, a guy sitting on the tables outside and he kind of looked at him. He looked a little like homelessy. It, he, yeah. He, he looked like he wasn't eating. He was just sitting there. Yeah. And I thought that he might've been homeless. Um, so he's like, hey, do you think uh, he wants something to eat? Um, and I said, well, there's only one way to find out, so let's go ask. But he's a Mexican guy, so I go out and ask him in Spanish, hey, are you hungry? Do you want um, a cheeseburger? Actually, I said hamburger because I don't remember how to say cheeseburger. Um, queso burguego. Queso. <laughs> hamburguesa con queso. Yeah, see, that's, I would have even got there. Hamburguesa con queso. That's, that's as little Spanish as I know. I could have gotten that far. So he said, yeah, that would be great. And I asked if he wanted to drink. He wanted a Coke. Um, I did not lecture him on the health benefits of. Talk about a real <laughs> evangelistic miracle. <laughs> did with the holy. Are you sure, sir, with your soda and sugar? Do you want to be doing that? I know you're homeless, but let's let's think about it. <laughs> so he, he said, okay, we're going to go get you your food. And we'll go back inside. <laughs> it's crazy. He started, I asked him if he was okay and stuff. And so. Um, he, he went too fast in the Spanish for me. So I went back inside and said, Hey dad, after you order, can you go talk to this guy? Because you know, he's talking too fast for me. Um, so they ordered their food. Clay wanted to buy his meal for him and, um, we got the drinks first, of course, and we had to wait because it was really packed in and out. There was no seating inside anyway. So they got their drinks. I brought the guys Coke back out. Um, and my dad started talking to him. And so I left to go to Ross and I did find the shoes for those who were wondering for Daniel. I know you guys were on the edge of your seat wondering if I got those shoes yeah. and you're in luck. That's, that's the whole more of the story. I got my shoes. <laughs> so when I, when I came back, um, I see my dad and Clay are standing and praying over this guy. So I get my phone out and I'm like recording it from the parking space in the car still and like taking some photos and um, I see them praying for him and then they pray. The guy stands up and then start praying for their back and they keeps doing all these prayer things. So after they get back to the car, they tell me everything that happened and it was amazing. So I'm going to hand this over to um, my dad to talk about how he helped lead this guy back to Christ, a little of his backstory, and then we'll talk about the healing side of it. So yeah, for me, because I, I speak fluent Spanish, so it was always I always try to target Hispanics anyway because I I relate with him I actually started school in Sonora Mexico so anyway I went out there started talking to him and um, he started telling me a little bit about what he's doing where he's at he was waiting for some people where his family's at but he started telling me about uh, his back he had hurt himself I, I won't go into the testimony because I want to want Clay to share what actually happened but I I wanted to hear what was going on with him so then he started telling me about his back. He hurt his back. And then he started showing me his collarbone. 
was all crooked and messed up, which really made his arm really short. And he showed it to me. It was like three plus inches shorter than the other. And uh, so anyway, so he's telling me all this stuff. And then Clay is sitting next to me, my grandson, and I'm relating the story to Clay because I knew Clay really wasn't understanding what he was saying. So well, I'm asking him questions so that I can tell Clay this is what he's telling me and this is what's going on. So this guy's a worker in the fields and he worked out in Tennessee um, and moved from Tennessee back to Utah. So Utah, I started working in Utah and he did something where he was lifting something and he hurt his back. And so that's how that hurt. And he wasn't able to do his work anymore. And so he was working his way back down to Sonoda, Mexico, where his wife was. So. So anyways, just real quick, like before I turn it over to Clay is I, I started asking him about his faith. And uh, yes, he, he believed in the Lord. He, he felt like he had committed a long time ago, but he needed to make that recommitment, and get back in line with his relationship with God. And it had been a while. So I, uh, that was my first focus to go ahead and pray with him and get him realigned and recommitted uh, of his heart to Jesus. So uh, that's the first thing that we did. And we, we led him back to Christ. He made a fresh commitment to the Lord. And then, uh, and then Clay and I uh, prayed for him. So, Clay, what did, what happened after that? So, uh, again, I did my best to understand this guy just because of the language barrier. And then my grandpa was just relaying; he was just translating um, for the both of us. I always like to ask whenever I pray for healings, like what their pain level is, just so that because sometimes people when you pray for them, they get healed. They're still like wondering, like, am I actually healed? Or am, you know, like maybe it just went away for a second. I like to like kind of reaffirm where they're at to themselves before I pray. Because like, I just, we're, I'm not after convincing them. We're not after convincing them. We're, we're after the truth. Are they healed? Are they not? And it's okay if, if they're not in that moment. So, you know, I, I, we asked him what his pain level was and he said it was an eight. And so I just said a simple prayer, just a quick prayer. And uh, my grandpa translated it to him. And instantly, um, just right after that quick prayer, he said that he was like almost, if I remember correctly, 100% um, better. He, I think he just said mostly, right? Yeah, his pain went down. And then this is his back? You yeah, prayed over? His back, yeah. Okay. Okay. And so from the car, I see this guy moving and twisting and stretching and, uh, you know, just testing out his back. So that's one thing we want to do is we want to ask people, hey, do something that you have felt pain in the past that uh, we want to see if, if you have no more pain now. So test it out. So we asked him to start stretching and moving around. And he started doing that. Yeah, he was bending over. Um he was he was checking for himself if I remember correctly. He we didn't even have to like say hey move around a lot. Like he was instantly going into it and just looking for it. And he said he was a lot better and he was he looked like relieved and and stuff. And then um, I remembered that his hand was was much shorter and that was something he brought up on his own um, his arm length. So imagine putting your hands out in front of you straight and putting your palms together, and your left hand is out while your right hand is almost to where your um i guess your middle knuckles might be your middle yeah your middle knuckles. At the bottom of your fingers yeah so uh, yeah imagine so your, your left hand stretches out about three inches two to three inches 
further than your right because your collarbone is impacted and it's stretched. It, it's, you're just crooked, I guess. So if you do that motion, that's how far off his arms were. I hope every listener right now is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and like literally handing their hands out in front of them and measuring their own arms. Yeah. And someone's like, oh, no, it's me. If you, guys are, if you guys are off, I'll give you We do food. healing through the phone. So just, just keep listening. <laughs> There's a miracle coming. So his arm was significantly, one arm was significantly shorter than the other. Yeah. So Not shorter, shorter, but you know what I mean? Like, like, like well, here does the healing. When, he, when his hands were out, one arm was, was visibly significantly shorter than the other. Yes. That's what we, you saw. Yes. Okay. So um, he sticks his hand out. Again, the top of his fingers on one hand line up with the bottom of his fingers on the other. And um, so, again, we, we pray, you know, I want to pray specifically for that. That was what he spoke about in, in the beginning of the conversation. And he closes his eyes. And instantly, like I've, in the past, I've seen a lot of amazing miracles. And I've just seen such a grace for whatever the reason on people's legs growing out. Um, so pretty much a similar thing, just, just the legs. And I've seen like just a numerous amount of um, healings there. And so um, it was awesome. And, and honestly, for me, just in my life, this was at a time where I hadn't, I hadn't been witnessing and, and praying as much as I had been in the past. And so like, I just knew that in the back of my mind, like, Hey, like it's, you know, to myself, it's been a while. And, um, anyway, so I instantly command his arm to come out and literally maybe like a second or two into the prayer, uh, is when it, it just starts shooting out. And then within, you know, another second, it's even, and the guy's eyes are still closed. He has no idea. Um, and I'm, I'm personally touched in my life. And that's something that was a personal testimony for me and, and, and my faith and my walk with God, just how good he is. And, and how, even though I had been some time, like here, I'm, I'm praying for this guy and, and that grace is still there. And his, his telling me, when he tells me the story, he's like, I was instantly, my tears were welling up in my eyes and I had to maintain control to continue through the prayer. Yeah, I was I was emotional and and, it, and I wasn't talking for a second. Um, so besides that, just focusing on on this part of this guy, um, yeah, he it, that was it. Like that was just that little prayer, and and he opens his eyes and he <laughs> he sees he sees his hands and he's like turning them from left, like turning them over on both sides and seeing how they're lined up and. Um, I'm trying to remember his his reaction after that. He he was totally surprised because he never felt <laughs> never felt his, his his arm lining up, uh, and so he just almost was couldn't believe it. It's like I mean, when you all of a sudden you see how your arm is, and all of a sudden you see it after praying, you see it lined up and even. Uh, he was like, we were happy. Exactly. I gave him I gave him a high five. We were both smiling. Um, it was just awesome. It was just awesome to just be, you know, just a, a group of people, just the three of us and my, my mom there in the car and partaking of just God manifesting his, his presence. And, um, it was just, it was, we were real happy again. Like I gave, I gave the guy a high five and, and 
I felt in my heart that he was, um, he was walking right with God or like he, his relationship was real. And I, and with, you know, the prayer that, um, my grandpa was praying with him with rededicating his life. I, I felt that he was in a good place and, um, that was it. Yeah. That was it. He, it was, it was just a stop, a quick stop and happened to, the guy caught my eye for whatever reason, whether it was God leading me or just God leading me just by looking at him. And so I looked at him. It wasn't like I heard specifically like, go, go pay for that guy's meal. He just caught my attention and it turned into this amazing, um, testimony. Which you, is, go ahead. I was going to say, it's crazy because this has, this used to happen, not used to happen, but, um, during the years following when, when Clay got saved again, um, he used to go and pray for people consistently everywhere we went to the point where, what do you mean saved again? Well, <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, oh, the person didn't take. I mean, he, grew up, he grew up at the church, so he kind of fell away as, um, no, I never, I never had a relationship. I never made a commitment on my own. I was just raised in the church and um, at 17 is when it became my own um, relationship. But. Which is a crazy story and testimony itself. So sometimes you guys got to hear that. But for the years following that, he would almost anywhere he went, it was a constant, I got to pray for this person, ask that person, everybody he prayed for to the point where my dad would normally take five minutes to go to the grocery store and here every time he goes to the grocery store, it's a half hour trip because Clay's busy praying for the clerk and the people in the car and everybody. And we used to make jokes about it, but um, he used to always go and he sees these active miracles and get responses. And it was just cool how uh, he obediently steps out to share what he carries with a world who needs to know about him. So do you think seeing him, the average person would just walk right by. The average Christian would just walk right by. You know, most of us, and I'm, I'm throwing my hand up in this category, would see that person go, oh, that stinks, but kind of keep it moving. You know, I think it's what most, most people do. And specifically most Christians do. Like not trying to cast a, a big, broad stroke, but that's kind of, kind of the modern vibe. You know what I mean? Or you might say, hey, you want something to eat or something like that. Or a prayer under your breath. God bless him. Yeah, or something like that. But like the, for me personally, this is something I battle with, but like the expectation of going in to pray for someone means there has to be a result, you know? And that's putting all the pressure on you and none of it. It's like, it's not, you're not doing it. Like you said a minute ago, like, you know, the, like it's the Holy Spirit who's healing. You're just being a conduit. So what is the feeling like when you see someone in that situation? Like, hey, can I pray for you? Like, what is your thought process in that moment? And just to, Clarify one more time. You were saying that when you when you do here to pray for someone, you said that there's an expectation on the result. No, like, like I think most the reason why I think a lot of Christians are scared to do what you did is what happens if something if nothing happens. It's an embarrassment. You know what I mean? You feel like like oh, we're gonna pray for healing and then wah wah nothing. And I think that's the part that people don't know how to deal with. Like that's a difficult thing. No one gets taught on how to fail at praying over someone. You I understand. Know? You know, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to say, but hey, not every prayer ends in a miracle or ends in healing. A lot of them don't. Um, we don't know why. We, uh, that's not our responsibility. Yeah. And that's the part I think people miss. It's not our responsibility to have the result. It's our responsibility to be obedient 
to what we're asked to do. So when you're seeing that person, you're like, hey, what is your thought process in terms of I want to go pray for that person? That's what I'm just curious about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's just like an awareness thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm just aware more of the people around me or I'm thinking about God. But there is like a truth to I think 100% that we should all be in that place. But there is, you know, also like my mom talking about like how, I, you know, grocery stores would take super long and this, this and that. And um, so I had to learn just in my own life, like, okay, well, when is it God and when is it not? And just learning to fine tune so that I'm not burning myself out on praying for people and also being respectful to people around me and their time and, um, and those sorts of things. So I'm not sure if it's an awareness thing. I would think though that a lot of times, because I'm guilty of it too, I know probably all of us are, of where we feel like, hey, like I should pray for that person. And we just don't like, it gets to a point, maybe like you get to a certain distance away from them and you're like, oh man, I should have done it. And you probably, like, I think like, you know, I could go back and do it. And like, there's times like I have, and there's times where I have it and you feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's the most honest answer right there. Like, yeah, I should have done that. Well, you know, you just kind of keep on moving. Exactly. You keep, you keep moving and you learn like that's the best you can do. Um, and it's a great thing to do. It's not in a bad way. Um, you just learn and, and go for it next time. And, and the thing is, is when you step out though, like, even if the, the person does not get healed, like it means a lot to them. And a lot of times it means a lot to them. It still touches them. And we don't, we don't know what God's doing behind the scenes. We don't know if the guy is going to get healed overnight. If the guy just saw like, Hey, like this guy prayed for me and it, there was no healing. And he was still like, Hey man, like God loves you. And he didn't try to like, try to convince me that there's something going on. He just let it go and just say, Hey, like I just loved you and just wanted to pray for you. Like there wasn't no, like trying to convert sort of thing going on. It was just genuine. Just, Hey, can I pray for you? Um, whatever it is, there can be many things. Um, it comes down to just your heart for them. Are you more focused on the result? Are you more focused on like how gifted or how anointed you are? Those sorts of things. When at the end of the day, it's you, you are anointed and and God, God lives in you and the Holy spirit moves through you. Um, but are you focused on just loving them and just possibly being a hundred percent being that, that, that door open, letting Jesus into their lives? Um, yeah, I think it's it's like in your situation, I see it from the scared to death side of it. We're like, you're like the beautiful part of your story is that your focus was on him. So many of us the focus would be on everyone else that's around him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like your worry would be like, I'm praying for him, but you're kind of worried about the audience that you created. And it was funny because there was actually a, an, an and out employee that was there cleaning tables. And you can tell she was cleaning tables, but not like she needed to. She was just there because she wanted to hear what was going on. <laughs> like, I think so too. I noticed that. Yeah. She was just interested and, and, and it brought attention it, to her to be able to, or she wanted, she saw that it, it caught her attention to want to watch and hear what was going on. I mean, it's not a spectacle, 
in the term, like in the idea of a spectacle, but it is to other people watching this. To them, it's a spectacle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. then they're watching a circus sideshow almost. And you're trying like, and so, and that's where I hate to say it, but like that's where a lot of minds go. Like you're worried about the optics elsewhere. And so while your focus is exactly where it should be on the person, that's all that matters in this moment. Like this is the point of the conversation, me and you. Which is Jesus's focus back in the times. He would focus on that one person not caring who was around him, calling him out, speaking bad things about him, whatever they were saying, his focus was on that individual. And that's the cool part. And that's the correct focus. Let me go ahead and say that out loud. That's what I mean. That's the correct focus. And being able to shut out everything else around you to truly give your attention and your energy and your thoughts and your prayer and your concern into the person who's supposed to be receiving it rather than how does this look right now? It's like, you know, there's a lot of that. And I've been guilty of it so many times, which is why I'm saying it. Like where I've been wanting to pray for someone that I'm also like, oh, looking over my shoulders, like, oh, is there anyone that might speaking too loud? Am I making a scene? Like more worried about their opinions than, the, than where I need to be, have my focus at. And it's awesome to hear you're like, oh, hey, I'm just going to be at this busy in and out and have my sensors up. And this person I feel like needs some help. And that's where I'm going to put my attention. And also not just pray for him because he prayed for salvation. Have a nice day. But spending the time knowing, you know, I, w- I told him I was coming back and I'll be, you know, I'm waiting and whatever. Not like I, I didn't say I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you guys. Hurry up. But he knows like it wasn't a thing to know that we had to get on the road or that I was waiting. All of the world stopped for this person which in Jesus's time, all of the world stopped for that person. And, and so we were, we've been talking about miracles lately. And like, so, and you mentioned something earlier, Claire, that was really specific was what is a miracle? You know, like defining it. Remember like, like being specific about what is, because things get diluted or things can be miracles and not be attributed to miracles. Does that make sense? What I'm asking you, what we were talking about earlier or mentioned slightly. Yeah, I was, just I was specifically talking about this podcast and what we were gonna um give like a header to it and we were saying miracles, but some people want to know like like okay, well what about miracles? Because miracles is a very broad topic. Mm-hmm. And so like, well, is it like how to operate in them or like are we are they even real? Or like so I was that's what I was kind of talking about okay. when I was saying that. Well, like, I think we brought that well we brought that up with clay you know on our way you know continuing on the drive is when people hear oh i just saw this miracle i experienced this miracle it's very sporadic or random or once in your lifetime type experiences where the atmosphere that or the world that we walk in or that we live in it's commonplace. Like we see miracles all the time. It's nothing new. Someone who couldn't hear from birth can now hear. Someone who was blind can now see. Legs have grown out. Um, I don't know if Daniel's gone into de- deep detail on how his back was healed, mm-hmm. but that was a crazy story. And he's my husband and he experienced it himself. So they happen all the time and it's just commonplace for us. And um, it's weird for christians to not take miracles for the norm because we should be walking in it continually and i think that i think that a a majority of christians obviously that believe in miracles happening today and that isn't something of the past want to see it Mm -hmm. 
I think people want to. There's just things that get in the way mentally, like, like you said, the fear of man or like, well, it didn't work the first few times and they feel bad. Like, I think though everyone has the heart that they would love to see it. And I wanted to just say in response to what you were saying earlier that I think that, you know, as far as like being worried about the people around you specifically, that's one of those things that's like, like once you start doing it, like it really just, it just goes away. It's one of those things where I feel like if a parent's like teaching a kid something and the kid's scared, like he's like, just trust me, just trust me, just do it. And then the kid realizes like, oh, like it's fine. And it's, it really is something like so simple, but it's yet so loud before like we venture into that area of just being, um, on unreserved, unreserved, um, in your faith and unreservedly, if that's even a word, you like you, Jesus in you. And once you do that though, like it really does just fall away. And I honestly think it just, it brings you closer to him too. That's something that's a, that's a trait that carries into many areas of your relationship with him. On our trip, when we were um, actually, we were in Nice and we were walking, it was so crowded, so many tourists. Um, we were in the middle of the street and there was a guy that was, uh, he was begging for, you know, money. Um, and the first thought I had was, hey, I just saw this miracle happen in Yuma. So let's pray for this guy and watch it happen again. So when we hear these stories, they're faith builder stories for you to step out and to do the same things yourself. But this guy, um, we were just praying for him. He was from Romania. He spoke only German and French. So it was the translation issue. I didn't know any of those languages. Um, <laughs> yeah, those but I could hear, I could understand hallelujah. I could understand praise, praise God or praise the Lord. Um, but he had a tumor on his uh, shoulder, his neck area. Somewhere I tell you. And so, you know, we prayed for him. And again, it was loud. There are people walking. You're watching your prayers. You don't know if this person is trying to steal from you. Like it was a lot going on. So we just prayed and blessed him and gave him a few dollars um, and continued on. But again, hearing these stories should increase your faith to step out yourself and know that Holy Spirit is wanting to use you to showcase his love for the world. So I think the moral of the story is speak other languages. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> like keep people around you that can speak more languages. Love is the <clears throat> well, no, like no. The real moral is like keep people around you that are in this that are equally yoked. Like I think there's power in numbers. Like there's power in the fact that you could go get your grandfather. There's power in the fact that you're like, hey, let's together join our faith for this. Like even when in, even in Nice, like when we're like, hey, like you know, our friends that are with us, we're also believing Christians. So it's, hey, let's pray for this person. And no one, no one hesitated. Everyone's like, absolutely. Let's, let's get on this. Let's go. And I think it's a huge thing because it's, it's difficult to do things by yourself. Not impossible, but it's so much easier. Like, you know, the apostles are not two by two. Like you weren't meant to do it alone. And it's cool if you're in a moment where you're like, hey, let's unite our faith around this thing. Um, cause I was healed in a group. You know, it was three people praying over me when I got healed. And it's just kind of really amazing stories of what happens when people bring their faith together. But, and also a great place to, to practice. Mm -hmm. You know, like you just said, being around people, it, it kind of eases up. You know, if you're on your own, it might be a little more difficult if it's your first time stepping out like that. Oh, for sure. And so, yeah, join, going to like 
you know, your, your church's outreaches and, and just, just practicing. And that's what it was for me. Like, I remember I was in, um, meetings that practiced that, um, fire and glory in San Diego, where they would operate in healings and the prophetic. And so I was just like, I jumped in headfirst into just operating in the spirit. And when I was at home, um, besides like my devotions and whatever I did, um, and with my relationship with the Lord, but I would also just watch YouTube videos. I would watch videos of people praying for people and people getting healed and, and practicing what I saw. And I would spend tons of time doing that, um, watching these short videos and, and I would pray the exact same way. And sometimes you would, you would see, I would see the healings and sometimes I wouldn't. And, um, but besides getting, without getting sidetracked too much, just like Daniel was saying, just being around people, um, is also another a good way to get your feet wet if it's something that you haven't stepped into yet. And I know um, what Clay's also ex- experienced in him taking his time to watch these things. It's a hunger. It's a hunger for wa- wanting more, wanting more of God and wanting more of what he does. And God rewards hunger. Um, What's the scripture, a- George, if you knock? Oh, Seeking see, you. What is Luke chapter 11, verse 8 to 10? I was thinking more of the Misty Edwards songs. Um, there's a special yeah. line in it. The obedient, yeah. The you, you, he promises to something for the hungry. Uh, I'll remember it. But um, <laughs> my brother used to do scavenger hunts with his groups, and they would pray before going out, and Holy Spirit would give them a list, or they would highlight somebody. So, hey, somebody wearing a polka dot shirt. Treasure hunt. Treasure hunt. Scavenger. Yeah, treasure hunts. Um, polka dot shirt or a blue ball cap or whatever. So these teams would go out and they'd look for these people knowing that Holy Spirit had already highlighted them. So once they found them, they'd say, hey, you know, we were praying, we, you know, Holy Spirit highlighted this, you know, your polka dot shirt to us and we want to know, is there anything we can pray for you? And whatever it um, conversation led to, that's the person that they would minister to at that moment. And then they go on the next one and the next one. And it was a really cool experience because they got to practice hearing from Holy Spirit. We were being obedient, stepping out, and it made it a fun way to, like you said, get your feet wet. Yeah. It's awesome. Is that scripture? Right? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh. Clay brought up Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Yeah. Hold that. Let me find the that other one. That was what I was thinking of. Before we hang up, I want to find the other um, one. Yeah. So it's just... it's. So it's crazy that this is our family. <laughs> I married into this, so I'm the winner. <laughs> but like, it's it's such a fun culture that that's what that's what reality is, and it should be for for all of us who are who are walking in faith. It should be we should always have our sensors out, looking for the person who is that that Holy Spirit nudge, of like, hey, look this way, because if you look over there, there's someone that I need you to talk to. And I think so many of us get those. And so few of us are obedient to it. I think all of us get them. You know, I know I've gotten the, you should go pray for that person. Or you should go talk to that person. And I've asked, I've been honest about it. Like many times I've been like, uh, uh, are you sure Holy Spirit? Like, you know, and you just, I'm like, ah, yeah, I must've got my wires crossed. There's no way, you know? And it's those opportunities that I know I've missed. I know I've missed. Go ahead, hon. So it's the song Soul Cry by Misty Edwards. And like Clay said, um, blessed are the hungry, blessed are the thirsty. Hunger is an escort into the deeper things of you. So God also promises to 
um, he, he hides things for those that are searching it out and he wants to give them deeper knowledge and deeper revelation, but you gotta be hungry for it. You can't just say, Hey, I'm going to go do my daily devotions and okay, I didn't get very much for today or I got a little nugget. There's so much more to what he wants to show you, but he wants you to want it, to be hungry for it, to seek after it, to take your scripture and mull over it for, you know, a week long time frame and find the Greek words for it or the Hebrew words for it and, and kind of dig into it to find out what God's saying for you with that scripture in that moment. He wants you to hunger for him. Wow. Wow. Way to come into an episode, huh, hon? <laughs> Just guns a blazing. Been asking you this forever. It's like a year now of asking, and now she finally gets this. It's fantastic. So on that point of view, I, I got to point out this one thing that we wanted to talk about on our first podcast. <laughs> okay, wait, I don't know how much time we got. Uh, we, have, we have a few minutes. Well, all right, we'll make it. Okay, <laughs> okay. So okay. We're, we we're doing a serious left turn here. We a could, serious could, left turn. We could do part two with Dad and Clay. But what I really want to talk about is the value of Wagyu. And you know how expensive this meat is. So these are like from special, I think it started like Japanese cows that were like Japanese hand, wagyu beef. hand massage daily. And like, <laughs> you know, they got the full spa treatment, facials, like amazing beef. You cut them up. The beef, you know, it's the fat content, the marble is perfect. Yeah, yeah. $200 for a little, you know, pound of it, whatever. So wagyu is so special. Well, anyway, Daniel and I were driving, was it in Vegas? No, it was in, uh, I forgot where we were. It was in, it was in, uh, we went to Idaho or wherever it was, Indiana. Or anyway, we wherever. were driving and Idaho. we saw an Arby's, and on their sign they said Arby's Wagyu sandwiches. The new Arby's Wagyu beef sandwiches. And I was like, <laughs> if Wagyu dropped all the way down to Arby's, where you can get it for three ninety nine in a sandwich, what? Where has the value? Of the Wagyu? quality content control in Wagyu has dropped significantly. <laughs> if it's being offered at Arby's, you're like. <laughs> Is that really Wagyu? <laughs> These are the conversations we have. <laughs> if you're curious. <laughs> wow, we drive. So anyway, I just want to point that out too. But we can do, um, we have a, probably another few things that we wanted to point out with Dad and Clay that we can stop this episode and do part two. We'll, part we'll, we'll see if we get another one in this one. But I just want to get the story out, which is an awesome story. An amazing story. Like such a cool testimony. Do you guys and, have any other comments on And Faith Builder. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would just, just a quick thing. This is, something, an area that I'm passionate in. And um, I just encourage any anyone who is listening that is hungry, that it's for everyone, that God doesn't show favoritism to any man. Um, obviously, it's one thing to have God's favor, but God doesn't look at someone like, hey, like this person's just better than someone else. And what God, whatever you hear, whether it's from this podcast or in other people's lives, what you see God doing in their life, God can do in your life. And I just want to encourage you not to look at that as something like, like, that's not my gifting or like, man, like I, I don't have that like they do. Like, I just want to encourage you that you do. And God uses the lowly of the low to do the most amazing things in the world. And so again, God just shows no favoritism. Um, and everything that you're hearing is meant for you as well. Mic drop. Right. George? And just a real quick thought that I had was, uh, I've known people that have uh, made the statement until you've prayed for a lot of people and nothing happens, but you know it's scriptural, you know it's what God wants you to do, and you keep doing it because you know it's right, especially when you're believing that God is directing you. 
whether you've seen anything happen or not, but you keep pursuing it is when it starts happening on a consistent basis because you have such a hunger for it. You pursue it with everything that's in you. So the encouragement is be uh, consistent, especially if you really feel the Lord is directing you to be consistent in praying for people, ministering to people, and leading them to Christ. Because you will see, you will have the day when they'll start those these miracles and healings and, uh, you know, direction that God has given you will start taking place on a more consistent basis if you don't give up. One of the things my dad does when he comes out here and watches our dog for us when we're on vacation, uh, yes, Bruce is spoiled. He has personal babysitters, um, is... <laughs> He writes because he's away from the busyness of life out at his home and from phone calls and people and whatever. He has a chance to be at in our home and secluded and it's quiet. And so he, he can focus on writing. And so um, this time around, he felt God uh, leading him to, to write a short book on the topic of Once Saved, Always Saved, which um, was on a recent podcast um, between him and Daniel. So he just about finished it. Um, there'll be some edits and then it will get published here pretty quickly, but be on the lookout for that. Um, we're excited for what he has to share and insights, what, uh, what he's found in scripture related to that topic. And it's going to be called the uh, security of the faithful. So if you look for it, there is a book coming out called uh, my brother's keeper. That's going to come out on, on October 8th, but this one that Sean is talking about will be called the security of the faithful. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. I'll put a link to Georgia Leas books. Thank you. All the other links. So this is awesome. This is like a first family podcast. What? Well, a second, technically, with Cesar and Adam. They were the cousins. Though. I don't know if that counts exactly. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, this is, a, this is another great one. Thank you guys for doing this. This is awesome. Uh, such good information. I, I really hope everyone who's listening, like, take what was said to heart. It's such an inspiring thing to hear. And don't waste those opportunities like we awesome, awesome often do and the guy's name is jose so keep him in your prayers and just that he um gets to share what happened with him it was a cool testimony so keep him in your prayers perfect got it okay and we will talk to you guys soon okay bye you have been listening to what's up church podcast just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't <laughs>